Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and a midweek instalment of Bullet Points. Now listen, something has been weighing on my mind and I wanted to ask you about it, even though, truth be told, I'm a little bit nervous to do so. So why would I be nervous to talk to you, my most excellent listeners, about something? After all, some of us have been together on this podcast for nearly eight years Well, it's because I want to broach a topic slash concern that I have been pushing to the back of my mind for a while, but which is beginning to take up more mental real estate. And it's also something I don't feel qualified or necessarily um, informed enough about to really speak on, but it's pressing on my mind enough for me to think, well, let me ask you, and then maybe that will inform my next layer of research or how I begin to think about it again because it's about conspiracy theories and it's about how conspiracy theories have gone from being these sorts of sort of random fairly harmless never going to know the answer speculations that were almost entertainment to a sort of almost mainstream constant questioning of everything that's presented to us now with all of that said I have talked in the past about how critical thinking is vital and how important it is not to consume everything you see, read and hear as fact. But it does feel as though that's becoming harder and harder and mainstream news and social media swirl to create this weird reality, all of which we enjoy quite singularly because of our own algorithms. In an age where there's never been so much information, why does the truth feel so much further away? Why is it so easy to question what we're being told in an age where isn't everything, isn't it hard to keep secrets? That's what feels very confusing to me right now. And I remember as a kid being quite fascinated by JFK conspiracies, learning a little bit about MK Ultra, and obviously who wasn't intrigued by Area 51, Roswell, alien abduction, etc. if you grew up in the 90s and watched the X-Files. But that was the space they inhabited, a sort of entertainment that you could pick up and put down. And of course, there would always be fanatics or people who became obsessed with any of the above or in any of the above, or indeed would convince that Elvis was living among us as a normal guy in the Midwest, having not actually expired in 1977. And I was intrigued enough to start looking at this online and even just look for a definition of what a conspiracy theory is and whether that has really changed over time. And it turns out there are obviously many uh, definitions but also there is quite a lot of research going into this so karen douglas is a phd from the university of kent and she in an interview with american psychological association described them as a proposed plot carried out in secret usually by a powerful group of people who have some kind of sinister goal something to gain from what they are doing and they usually don't have people's best interests at heart And this is what I feel as I come up against time and time again, this idea that there's a nameless, faceless, but incredibly powerful group of people who are pulling the strings. And it's not the people who have been elected into office, those familiar faces we know, which makes it all the more uh, unsettling and sinister. And of course, I mean, you know, I listen to Beyonce. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to do much of a Google search to find if you search people like Beyonce, so incredibly rich, powerful people. There are all sorts of conspiracies about things like the Illuminati or that she's actually now a drone. I mean, it just goes well. I mean, how many times have you seen that Britney Spears is actually artificial intelligence and not a living person? I mean, this is what's out there and this is what we are considering as potentially truthful, which just feels really um, 
it feels really weird it feels as though there is this sense of impending doom of what are they what else are they going to do to us now or what else is what else have they done that we didn't know about that seems to have infiltrated many people's minds and narratives including my own and surely this must have this is what i was thinking it must have a broader impact than just on the individual The European Journal of Social Psychology actually has a paper on this which presents conspiracy theories as a psychological phenomenon and I quote, conspiracy theories are consequential as they have a real impact on people's health, relationships and safety. They are universal in that belief in them is widespread across times, cultures and social settings. They are emotional given that negative emotions and not rational deliberations cause conspiracy beliefs. And they are social as conspiracy beliefs are closely associated with psychological motivations underlying intergroup conflict. And even as I say that to you, there's a part of my brain going, hmm, that's divide and conquer. Get people upset about and disagree with, disagreeing with each other about things they cannot, that cannot be proven and chaos will ensue. See, my mind would not have worked like that five years ago. This is a real shift. And if I'm feeling this shift, I don't think I can be alone. Are you feeling it too? Just this morning, just this morning, I got up, went to go make my coffee. And obviously I looked at my phone. I know I shouldn't, but I do. I'm working on it. And this is the day after a lot of flights were grounded, leaving thousands of holidaymakers stranded at airports, unable to get back into the UK. And I've seen videos saying that this was deliberate. It's to make it so difficult for people to travel, to have them have such a horrible experience that when it comes to bearing in mind that this all happened on one of the busiest days for people trying to get back into the UK after their summer holidays because school starts next week so it's very much like a peak peak time and there are all these videos online saying it's deliberate and it's to make it so difficult for people to travel so that when it comes around to next year they go we're not doing that again and that to quote one video was just saying this is much this is part of a much greater plan to ground ordinary people and three videos in i started seeing videos where they were talking about the automation of aircraft traffic control not aircraft traffic control air traffic control and how one glitch caused this absolute chaos and then it was presented as something that could happen with electric cars the government can just switch them off if they don't want you going anywhere and then what will we do it's a way to ground people in a way they couldn't during lockdown because if you can't travel you can't move and then also money if you never have physical money and it's all online banking then your money can quite literally become unavailable to you so it didn't take long i would say under five minutes to get very scary and to just feel this sense of dread and doom And people's belief in conspiracy theories has definitely changed and evolved and increased since COVID. For example, every Sunday near where I live, a group of people hold up various signs about the vaccine, the ultra low emission zone, the 5G towers and more, asking motorists to honk their horns in agreement. And each time there's a honk, they give off a loud cheer. And one man in particular bellows, thank you, at every single one, which just gets a little bit tedious on a Sunday afternoon, especially if you're trying to have a, a, a nap as... I might be. Um, For me, this symbolizes two things, though. The allure of a conspiracy theory and our sense of powerlessness, because what really can be achieved by standing on a crossroads with a massive sign? What change are you going to make? What impact will that have on the problem that you are cross about and angry about and are fearful of, other than making people, the people doing it, have some sense of agency, which I don't want to take that away from them. If if doing that every Sunday makes them feel less... uh, wretched then I guess 
obviously. I'm not going to take that away from them. But it doesn't really solve the problem or affect any change. It's a little like the Just Stop Oil protesters who block roads. While I'm not taking a stance on their beliefs or positions, I would say that impacting people going to work, sort of the everyman, to use a horrible expression, doesn't really stick it to the people who profit daily and massively from oil. They are untouched by the process, by the protest. But anyway, I digress. Coming back to the social psychologist Karen Douglas, who I quoted earlier, her research into this phenomenon has found that people who feel insecure in their relationships and who tend to catastrophize life's problems are more prone to believe in conspiracy theories. Now, when you think about that and present that information against the backdrop of a society and a culture where we have never been so literate or labelled about and by our mental health, it's another factor that makes you realise why conspiracy theories have gone mainstream. So many more people are realising and able to call themselves, label themselves with a mental health issue, whether that's depression, anxiety, whatever it might be. We have more vocabulary than ever. And if Karen's research is accurate, then those sorts of mental health issues are associated with an increase in belief in conspiracy theories. So that, to me, I think is very, very interesting and might signal why it has gone somewhat mainstream or hit critical mass. And this is only something I'm thinking about so much because I realise it's impacting me and my life. And as I said earlier, I don't believe I'm alone in that and impacting my life in that there's always this kind of sense of dread, the sense of doom. So uh, another study from the University of Amsterdam uh, found that people are more likely to believe misinformation that they are exposed to over and over again, such as allegations of election fraud or claims that COVID-19 is no more dangerous than the flu. The findings show that the brain mistakes familiarity for truth. So if you are shown something over and over and over again, you will potentially start to believe that as the truth rather than truthful information presented to you as fact, which, again, another very interesting observation and learning whilst looking into this. I suppose all of this is to say, what do we do? Because it seems as though it's unavoidable. And I remember a few years ago, I think it was Sam Harris on his podcast, talking about the way social media platforms switched up their algorithms because they realised that people were much more likely to spend time on and be engaged with social media if it elicited negative emotions. I present to you Twitter, now rebranded, but let's face it, it's still a, still a cesspit, rather than if you made them feel happy, comforted, content, reassured. And that switch of the algorithm is harder to avoid when this doomsday vibe is being presented to you at every turn, even in the mainstream news. So, And morning news is a really interesting one for me, and it's something that I agonise over a little bit, because even though I wish I didn't watch the news channel I watch in the morning, because I know it's not good. If it was a meal, it would be a, a, a slop of ultra-processed food. But when I switched to another news channel recently, I was really bored. When I switched to a news channel that was just presenting news, <laughs> I was so bored and just checked out. Because I have been watching that sort of um, slightly tastier news, if you like, and I have been geared up to be prick prodded and stimulated by my morning news. The facts and the information are almost secondary. I'm primed to stop what I'm doing and turn around with half a pot of coffee at an angle at one in one hand and a mug in the other, just frozen to the spot watching as I'm being told something so shocking that I have to stop pouring my coffee. And it has to be shocking if I'm stopping pouring my coffee. Even though I, I'm a trained journalist and I can see what's being done and what the intended response is from the audience... I can't look away. I get sucked in. 
So I suppose my question is, what do we do? Never turn on the news again? Delete all our social media? I think we both know that's never going to happen. But something has to shift because this black cloud that's always hanging over us, that things are happening to us and against us that are reducing our quality of lives that we can quality of life that we can do nothing about. It's really dark. It's a really dark cloud cloud to have hanging over you. And there must be tactics and techniques. And if there's one thing I know about you, my most excellent listeners, is that you're very smart and you will probably have already thought about this and you will have something helpful to add. So this is my observation, but I'd be really interested to know if anyone else has been seeing this in the distance and if you have any tactics or techniques for not getting caught up in the doom and gloom of it all that you would be comfortable sharing in the Facebook group. Or you can email me at the beauty thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can dm me on instagram and twitter where i'm at emma guns but the facebook group is where i think we can have our most meaningful conversation about this because i would just love somebody to start a post and say what they've noticed about this arguments that they've been having with people perhaps take a feeling that you have to take a position on something whether it's for or against because of how the tone of these conversations has shifted I just think it would be such a fascinating and enlightening discussion to have your input on this subject over in the Facebook group so the link to join is in the show notes so please do go over there you have to answer a couple of questions and agree to the rules but come on let's go over there and have a chat about this because I'm desperate to hear from you Okay, that's everything for bullet points this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following, for commenting on my post, for subscribing and spreading the word about the podcast. I appreciate it hugely. I will see you on the next one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.